two days from this episode's release, Joey and Priscilla join my and Joey's dad to continue telling the story of Joey's mental health crisis last year, picking up where they left off on episode 258. People who were just so giving. People that just said, what can we do? We'll do it. People that reached out, no strings attached, just to say, we're thinking about you, we'll do anything for you. Like, you look like someone just stabbed you. Like, you're writhing in pain on the ground. Like, that that was a different level of not just up and being a dad. Like, that was a totally different spot. I had anger. It wasn't with God, but I, did, I had a righteous anger. I was just literally stunned by what people were saying about you and things they were doing to you and your family. And that's just something I'll never forget. I mean, I've forgiven and I've gone on, but I was just severely angry at that. Your demeanor was so not you. You would walk with a shuffle. And I remember like reading about that and that was just like part of the symptom of a major depressive episode is like you'd be barefoot but you'd be shuffling like you had really heavy boots on. Gee, I, I hate even thinking about it but I guess it's good to think about these things and, and learn from it. I know it would have been easier for you to end the pain. It would have been easier to just end your pain. And that's the biggest part. You just like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. I don't, I don't know how long this is gonna last. I don't know how bad it's gonna get. I don't know if I'm at the worst point yet. You had to be thinking all that. And, but you still said, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, initially I was just so excited to share to not sound cheesy, but to share the victory, to share that it can be overcome, to share that you can be in the deepest, darkest, scariest place and and come out okay. Hey, if you want an exclusive video recording of this conversation with your favorite heretics, go to at PWNAPod on Instagram, and we will hook you up with that. What's up, everybody? You pastor with no answers sheep, and I'm sure we've got some goats intermixed. Y'all are welcome to, I guess... Hey, in the show notes, there's a link to a Facebook group called Pastor With No Answers Discussion Group. And the other day, I floated a question out there. It's not a political question. It can be asked about any president. just so happens to be that Donald Trump is our president right now. And I asked if you could get the president to listen intently and receive advice from someone. Who would it be? Only thing is, in the spirit of Halloween... It would have to be a ghost because this person has to already be dead. 
We got some good answers. Ashley Monk said Mother Teresa. He needs some humility in his life. Roger Kello said, if I say Jesus, will people freak out and tell me he isn't dead? How dare you, Roger? Josh Drellard said, Chris Farley. I say, hell yeah to that. Justin McClain says, Trump should listen intently to Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. I'd say that's a daggum good list. We got JFK, MLK, and the one that stopped me dead in my tracks was from Joel Gortmaker. He said, Mr. Rogers, and I thought, my oh my, how would Donald Trump benefit from being welcomed into Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, maybe soak your feet in cool water in a kiddie pool, and just be treated with kindness and love and wisdom and goodness gracious, Mr. Rogers. I love, love, love that idea. Hey, before we get to this dynamic duo called Your Favorite Heretics, and I'm telling you what what these what this married couple is doing is pure brilliance. If you go to their Instagram account, you'll see what I'm talking about. What they're doing is just phenomenal. But right now, I'm joining in with my friends Robbie Madison and John Mark McMillan. And we're talking about how people put so many formulas on God and how it's driving me absolutely crazy. Love you guys. Enjoy the show. All right. It's the pastor with no answer, surrounded by some people that are going to help me with the answers. John Mark, as always, you guys are used to hearing his his voice on here. We got to get your singing voice on here sometimes. Is that awkward just to get you singing up in here? <laughs> and, and Robbie Madison, you guys have heard from him a few times. Uh, a full episode of episode 219 i think i called it white person please listen to this or something like that but i have to go ahead and tell you john mark that i told robbie he has to kind of get it out of his system right up front that he's hanging out with john mark mcmillan he's just got to work it out and get a hold of himself uh, and then everything will be i'm only freaking out a little bit just a little bit Well, you seem super chill, so you don't seem like you're freaking out. Well, I've been I've been blessed and highly favored, my friends. I, uh, you know, because God helps those who help themselves, and uh, <laughs> it, it's so. I wanted to talk to y'all about this, man. It and Robbie, I'll tell you something about John Mark is. Him and I both, and you too. This is this is a this is a, a match made in heaven because none of us have like this anger or bitterness or resentment towards like fundamentalism. Like it's kind of where we came from. It's our loved ones. But John Mark innately, he doesn't even try to, but he kind of keeps me in line a little bit by just going too snarky and and too trippy. So I appreciate the balancing out. But seriously, it's been kind of driving me crazy lately just how humans talk about God in such flippant ways. Like, I, I, I mean, this, this will definitely rub some people the wrong way, but I, I even, so I'm at, at a, a kid's party, like just hanging out on a Saturday, like just chilling. And there's a, there's a youngster in his, in his twenties and he knows that I'm a pastor and he, 
he tries to like act all spiritual and everything. And he says, so uh, what's God been teaching you lately? And I just want to say, I, you know, I have no idea. Like maybe I'll know in 10 years, maybe I'll know in 15 years, maybe God will tell me tomorrow, but that's a, that's a deep right, question. Right. Like, I don't know. So, I mean, so, so I'm just going to go on a laundry list and then I, I really do want to hear what you guys have to say about this, but um, God's not going to hear you. If you're sinning, there must be sin in your life. If you're not hearing him, God is, <laughs> God is waiting on you to take the first step. Really? Now, how do you know that God, God is wanting to see how you handle this. God wouldn't allow that. God will allow what you allow. I had a youth pastor tell me that God will allow what I allow. So if something bad happens to my family, I freaking allowed it. It was me. I didn't pray enough. I didn't have enough faith. That's on me. He was teaching teenagers that, and I love that guy to death. I love him, but gosh, that messed me up. Or, or how about this one? God, God's not going to bless that. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I just kind of wish that when we said all these things, we said, like, I think or maybe. Like, it just seems like we have kind of taken – it's like we usurped this luxury of just making God into this formula mm. that we figured out. And I'm like, the very language that we're using to talk about God cannot – keep God in a box like that's like he even transcends the very words that we're using right. but I don't know did any of that rub y'all the wrong way have you do y'all say stuff like that I don't know well I do these Q&A sometimes when I'm doing shows and that's one that comes up what is God teaching you lately and it's always <laughs> well man I think really what people are asking in that moment is like can you tell me something I don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah, yeah. they're like I'm here and you know, maybe they respect me because of the music I make and they feel that's another conversation, you know, like, but, you know, they feel like I have some sort of revelation or download, you yeah. know, and they, they just want to like get at it, I guess, you know, um, and, and, but, and, and, you know, the other conversation, just because I wrote some songs doesn't mean I have this like massive revelation mm -hmm. from God right. or something, but, <laughs> you know, but I think that's what they're trying, but it always rubs me a little bit the wrong yeah. way, you know, because I think it's like, Am I always in class with God? You know, <laughs> you know, like sometimes I feel like I'm learning that it's okay not to know stuff, yeah, right. you know? And I think that we also sort of subjugate the word. I don't know if that's the correct word or not. We sort of sometimes subjugate God into the, into this, this realm of um, information, you know? And I think God is not so always so interested in information. I think as much as the way the information affects the way we live, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so a lot of times I don't know that people have the language. They're like, can you give me more information about God? Yeah. You know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess we're always learning stuff, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Almost to, almost to the point where if someone asked me that, I want to say something like, you know what? Uh, but, but, uh, you know, I want to be honest, but yeah. I, I want to say something snarky. Like he's teaching me that I'm a really big asshole that's selfish <laughs> right now and I'm working on it or, or like he's teaching me that I'm in the wilderness and I may be there yeah. for 40 more years right. or anything. Yeah, but, yeah. but if, if you like, we, we do this a lot and it can get pretty, it can get pretty twisted. Like y'all, my, my listeners have probably heard me say this a thousand times, but it gets so twisted such as, oh, well, when we removed prayers from the public school, our country started falling apart. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we desegregated. Mm -hmm. 
Like, so you want to go back to a time where we had prayer in the public schools and we had segregated schools. Like, it's just like, we just make these little right. formulas mm -hmm. that end up mm -hmm. being illogical. If you want to try to put God in, in this yeah. sort of box, it doesn't, it, if you take it to its furthest expression, it doesn't work like you want yeah. it to work. Yeah. I think that also yeah. like some of the danger in it is that we revere people so highly sometimes and we separate it as though certain people hear from God and other people don't, you know? And so kind of like John yep. Mark was saying, like, like listening to his music, like they might go to him thinking like he was Moses and he went up to the mountain, you know, and came down with this word from God. What is God saying for you to you today to give to me kind of thing? And, you know, so there's that aspect of it that is really challenging. But I think for me, it made me think about when I was in college, my undergrad, I had guys that were, um, they were kind of known as the Christian guys. I think I was, I think I was in that group. I don't really know. I, you were one I of think, them good I think I might've been, <laughs> but, uh, but they would, they would literally come up to me and ask me like, what is God teaching you today? What, you know, like in every single day, like they would ask me that. And I, I got this kind of like, you had to start making well, stuff I, up. I got this like, you know, you know me, I'm like super like, uh, performance oriented. And so I was like, shoot, I need to read more. I need to pray more. I need to be on my face more. Like, like, cause I wasn't getting a word every single day. You know, I wasn't getting like something every single day that I felt like was like I could present them. And then it became about what I could tell them. And, you know, and I just thought essentially like I was missing the mark consistently. Um, and so, and I was, I mean, I was like 18 years old at that time too. And I think that that's probably where some of that danger can can uh, creep in to the Christian walk, especially yeah. for young people, is that they can get these unrealistic expectations attached to something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And I think yeah. sometimes we take these good ideas yeah. and we turn them into prescriptions, yeah. right? Like, you know, praying in school is probably not a bad idea. I'm having a really bad day. Like I'm going through something hard. It's probably not a bad idea for me when I have a moment to be like, God, help me. Like, yeah. I did a lot of praying in school, <laughs> especially middle school. Like, God, don't let me get beat up today. God, don't let, don't let this girl see me. I spilled chocolate milk on my pants. You know, like. See, you grew up as a normal kid. I was yeah. praying, Lord, give me strength to witness so I don't go to hell. <laughs> Why couldn't I have been normal? Uh, I probably had, I probably had some of those prayers too. <laughs> oh, I definitely had the like prayer sitting on the swing set going like, all right, <laughs> I need to make sure I ask for forgiveness in case I die before I'm ready. You know, like, oh man, you know, yeah, I had yeah. some of those moments too, you yeah. know, but um, I think we take these ideas and we make them prescriptive mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, you know, something that's a good idea, like having a conversation in God about your life in the world that you live in while you're living it is not a bad right. idea uh, yep. you know like especially when god is hopefully teaching you how to love people better like it's not a bad idea to learn how to love people in school and prayer is not a bad way to do that um but we sort of all of a sudden we take a good idea in which like and we make it a prescription like all right the you know there's gun violence in schools now because prayer is gone right right, right. right. not gonna allow us to pray in schools but it's it's not really it's it's honestly more of a pagan idea than a christian one mm. you know is it like the to me like christianity is all uh based in growth and health 
you know, and, and making good, solid steps forward, you know, and even the, the, and I think we get away. I think the problem is we've gotten away from this idea of being a disciple, mm -hmm. you know, as we're called, you know, Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. He didn't say make converts, right. you know, and the disciple is a disciplined learner, mm -hmm. you know, and you get to, and Christianity is a thing to be practiced. You know, so we practice our Christianity, we practice our walk, we practice our faith by trying new things, right? Like, um, what am I trying to say here? But the sort of pagan idea is that, like, if I do the magic rain dance, then it's going to rain. Right. You yeah. know, if I hold my arms a certain way. So it's sort of like prayer becomes like a pagan ritual where, like, if we if we perform the ritual in school, then, like, we're not going to have shootings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. I, I'm not saying that prayer doesn't influence what happens in school, but it doesn't work right, that way. Right, it's, right. Not a, it's not a like we're going to sacrifice the goat on the altar before the flag <laughs> at school. <laughs> the holy blood is going to cleanse the school and anyone who shows up with a gun is going to fall down dead. It's like that's more of a pagan idea in my right, opinion yeah. than a Christian one. Yeah. The Christian one is we pray and I do think God moves when we pray if you want to say moves whatever you know but i think mostly what happens is we become a more loving person and we mm -hmm. prevent gun violence by loving people who may want to show up with yeah. a gun. i don't know yeah yeah I was, you know I was, but here again i'm probably doing the thing that i'm talking against you know yeah well i mean i, I was talking to someone about prayer last night and and I, i'm at a place in my life where i can honestly say man i just i don't I'm almost resigning as far as trying to figure out how it works, but it, but I, I still pray. But the only thing that I am definitely convinced of is what you said is how it changes you. Like, yeah. like for example, if I feel like, man, I really want to get this job and I'm going to go to God in prayer because, oh, man, it feels like my whole life is dependent on it. I will, uh, the best thing to happen in that prayer moment is for God to say, you know what? You're going to be fine no matter what. And that job doesn't identify you. Like, I, I love you. I, I made you, you're my kid. Like, so, so don't sweat that. Like, that's what I want prayer to do is, is, is change me. But here's the whole, he won't bless you or hear you if you're not doing his will. What, what about while we were sinners, he freaking died for us. I yeah. mean, so to me, that just completely yeah. de debunks that for sure. And, I mean, the sun shines on the just, the unjust, exactly. and the rain exactly. falls on, you know, yeah. it's sort of like, this is a beautiful thing about God. He actually he blesses everybody. Right. You know, he blesses the good and the bad. Right. You know, yeah. like, and the, even the the parable of the sower, like he sows the seed yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You know, he sort of gives freely. He hands goodness and pain to everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. Yeah. A pastor of me and and Robbie's. I, I love how like this this actually did change me and how I thought and I really love backing away from this phrase and now when I see it I have complete understanding of where that person's coming from but there's something in me that's like oh I hate that and that's the whole God is in control because yeah. if you so I'm not saying that God can't do whatever God wants to do at any point in time but what what do you tell the the parents who's nine-year-old little boy gets taken up into human trafficking well hey hey God's in control yeah. Oh, so you're saying that God helped those people get my son in human trafficking. We're never going to see him again. You know mm. what I mean? So I, I love the fact that he has kind of said, stop this God's in control nonsense. Yeah. 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 I also, I also totally. think like, 
our definition of blessing has become so narrow um, as well. And so like, I, I even think of just walking outside and, and being within nature and like the fact of how much of a blessing that is, you know, or the fact that you're even alive, like, like there's so many things of blessing that we just narrow down to, like, I think a lot of times people narrow down blessing to finances or success um, as well. And so like when that's the, when that's the point and your faith hinges on that, I think that's a pretty dangerous place, but I also think it's pretty normal uh, for people to kind of go to that place as well, you know? And so, yeah. And so when we're looking at the Bible also, like I, it seems like the only thing that's always a blessing is, is the trials. Like that's the only thing that I ever see in the Bible that you can take to the bank that that's a trial. And so I don't know. I mean, so I'll put it this way. I think that I, here's what I could get on with. Like I, I could, I could, I could get on board with basically saying everything's a blessing because God works all things good for so oh man I lost my job well that's a blessing because it's going to make me trust God more oh man I got a promotion that's going to give me a lot more money well that's awesome because I'll be able to buy something cool or in, invest it or oh man my son is deathly sick it's is hurting my heart but it's a blessing because it's making me trust God more or my son was healed it's just like I could see someone by faith making everything a blessing but like Robbie I mean I totally it's to, to most people, the blessing is in the money. Mm-hmm. The blessing is where we get to live. We're so blessed. And, you know, obviously I, we all agree that having kids is a blessing, but it's just like all these positive things are, are, right. are always the blessing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus even opens up his like whole ministry with this statement, blessed are the poor, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it's like yeah. he almost begins his whole sort of deal. Like, you know, changing our idea of, of what blessing even is, you know, and, you know, right. and they, people, <laughs> I can't imagine what that was like, you know, <laughs> you like, you hear this massage, like <laughs> healing people and like, there's like powerful miracles and they're like, oh, we're going to, someone's finally going to save us from Rome, you know, and they show up and, you know, like, uh, <laughs> and he's, he opens up with like, he's like, blessed are. And then he starts to rattle off all these like non blessings. <laughs> like, so, right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and they're like, wait a second. We want right. you to yeah, make yeah. us rich. I you can make Israel not, like great again. Blessed, right? Man. right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make us great. And he's like, I am <laughs> by blessing the poor. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Y'all listen to this. Y'all listen how crazy this is. So we we were actually blessed by a, a friend. A friend's parents let us use their lake house in Seneca, right outside God's holy land of Clemson, <laughs> and and basic and basically we got to know their next door neighbor. Check this out. He owned multiple locations of a childcare. I think it was like three thousand kids enrolled. His business partner didn't want to sell, but he just felt he was convinced that they needed to sell. He sold in November of 2019, wow. four months before COVID. So obviously that <laughs> dude's blessed. But what about the guy? Hey, bro, that favor ain't fair, man. Favor ain't fair. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I can get on with that lingo. If, if somebody, if somebody said, "Hey, hey, brother, how are you doing?" Instead of blessing, highly favored, favor ain't fair, bro. Favor ain't fair, man. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. I love that. All right. Well, 
I love I love talk, talking about this kind of stuff, and I, I think for me, I'm just learning how to keep taking steps back. I feel like I get closer to God the further I take a step back, and just like man, I I just I thought I had all this figured out, and I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, and. Uh, so you guys, my wife, she kind of gets annoyed at me. I feel like I paid my dues, man. Like I'm 43 years old. If I have like a 22-year-old serving us, I I want, and we're in the South, I want to call her sweetie or young lady, and I want to call him young man. And she's always <laughs> just like, don't do that. I'm like, why? I'm 20 years older than them. I paid my dues. I'm like an older guy now. But anyway, so we got two youngsters <laughs> that are joining us here. They are probably mid to late 20s, but they start there as, as your favorite heretics. They started an Instagram, and the crazy thing went from like 200 to 10,000 followers. It really, honestly, is pretty killer. Very, very cool resource. Very neatly done. So, Robbie, John, Mark, thank you guys. Going to go interview these youngsters. We'll get back together and let the wise men deal with some stuff later, all right? <laughs> I just made y'all feel awkward. All right, Rachel and Derek, good to have y'all here. It's, it's crazy because basically, I mean, you guys know this, but I thought I'd let my listeners in on this. So go to the bus stop. It's early in the year. Everything's all jacked up, the schedules and stuff. So the kids don't get out of the bus. And what's funny is, <laughs> so they're my, t- they're my two youngest. When this happened to my two oldest girls, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what if they got off at a bus stop? What if they got kidnapped? Where are they? I don't know where my kids are. When when this happened this time, I just kind of casually texted you guys. I went on (laughs) Facebook. It's just like, they're fine. Where are my kids at? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but all is good. All is Good. good. So here's the deal, you two. I usually like to just jump right in to to talk business talk what you guys are up to and everything and without getting a background story it's not that i don't care it's just that in podcasting i don't like the same old same old where are you from mm-hmm. how many kids and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. And, and here's a podcasting tip for everyone you usually get that stuff along the way and it doesn't have to be this initial blah 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 now my wife when she podcasts with me she cannot take it it's just like it makes her so uncomfortable. <laughs> she, it's like we'll be right, we'll be in a groove like twenty minutes into, it, and she's like, "Wait, I've got to know where are you from and all this stuff." But it feels different <laughs> with you guys. I have y'all on here because of like a wildly successful Instagram account, and so I do want you guys to tell me about yourselves. I want to hear it all. And, but let's start here. This is a very, very progressive podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to throw this out here. Derek, sure. where do you work? And Rachel, what is your favorite meal to cook? Oh, okay. <laughs> Curveball <laughs> coming that's in. That's a right. joke. My, I know. That was a joke. How did you not get that? I oh, was like, shit. you're not going to ask me where I work? I was like, fuck, no, man. Like, you're going to throw no. me off. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That- Totally went over Did my you head. not see my face? I, I, I was like, what I do I like to cook? Perfect. I thought it was perfect. <laughs> I thought y'all were gonna die laughing. No, I was gonna send him into the kitchen after you just asked that. No hey, way. What what if what if y'all realize, holy shit, he's serious. Like would y'all Dude, I, I mean would like, y'all try to bear this? I was like, shit, No, well, I, guess I would we're not let him that. answer and I would immediately take over and be like, uh, Classic so Enneagram. I, 
I am a coach, actually. I do more than be in the kitchen, but thank you. It would have oh been an educational gosh. moment for you. Oh taking my you to gosh, school that's funny. Bit. He that is funny. <laughs> kind of went over his head, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> so I'm you guys slain. in Southern Cal? Yep. Um, well, I grew he, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm an LA dude, born and raised, bred out there yep. on In-N-Out and uh, the beach and yeah. the Dodgers. But I am uh, from yeah. Georgia, which is the better state. Um, whoa. So, whoa. So. I don't so know. How did, how did how'd y'all meet? Ooh, this is, wow, we're getting personal. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we met at a uh, Bible college um, that was started by uh, Francis Chan, actually. Mm-hmm. So Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So it was kind of like, what? I mean, just, just give me a snapshot. Like, did you meet each other and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just met the person that I'm going to marry. Or I got down on one knee. Friends. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Uh, right away. <laughs> well, we sat next to each other and you know in Reformed Bible College what that means. So. It Whoa. Means that we're getting married so Chan, tomorrow. Chan was Reformed? Super. I didn't realize that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, he, he went to Johnny Mac's... Uh, um, his school, his master's. seminary, master's seminary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. and, and a ton of those professors uh, I, I, did. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. It's, it's. I mean, I'll just throw this in there. I remember, I mean, so for the longest time, I mean, growing up evangelical yeah. and, and, and really, really tough upbringings where they literally scare hell into you yeah. and out of you and processing that, even as an adult, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's so weird. It's like, there's so many people that, can believe in even a literal torturous fl- inflamed place and be like mm-hmm. yeah what am i gonna do it's out of my control like i was one of those people <laughs> it's like i could not stop thinking it was yeah. just like everybody i saw that wasn't a christian i was just like they're gonna burn in hell forever and right. when i was introduced <laughs> to predestination oh. i mean i almost fell like into a depression because i yeah. was like wait a second this is gonna happen to some people and they don't have any choice? No I mean, choice. it was just, no oh choice. my gosh. And God is glorified so, by the torturing oh yeah. Oh souls. Yeah. I read oh this yeah. book called <laughs> Seven Minutes in Hell, like a year yeah. into my salvation, and it like messed with me. It was like oh, this yeah. guy's experience of like being in hell for seven minutes, and then he like came back and like woke up, and I was just like, okay. Yeah, I think my uncle mm-hmm. read that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, hook, line, and sinker, he's telling me, a, he's legit telling me the facts about hell and I was mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to know this yeah. <laughs> so did you guys and and I mean this word is so overused but everybody knows what we're talking about like did you guys start deconstructing at the same time or did one of y'all start before the other was there any friction or tension or was it a yeah. seamless process yeah. or what I led her astray uh, down the slippery slope. Uh, it's really the... funny because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm the one who's going to like a secular university, getting a religion, you know, degree. But he's actually the one who like actually deconstructed his beliefs before me. Actually, yeah. Actually, um, for me, yeah. it was like I was just scared of everything Christian. I was like so traumatized, and like there was no way out for me. Like I'm yeah. shocked that I even reconstructed. If I'm completely honest, like there was just so yeah. much trauma. Um, but he kind of had a different take with it and he like never like had this crazy falling out, you know, are you going to tell my story? No, but I'm just saying like, (laughs) it was so different, you know? Um, it was different. So like for me, it was a lot of trauma for him. It was just understanding the heart of God more. So, yeah. 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 I I think speaking of hell, like that was really the, the, 
I guess, impetus for my deconstruction. Um, right. I remember just kind of like out of curiosity, looking up some stuff and it was like, as soon as you find one thing, it's like the, the rabbit hole. It's like, Oh, and this thing and yeah. that thing and bam, bam, bam. And it's like mm-hmm. all these dominoes began to fall. But I think I was at a point where I wasn't ready to like embark on that um, right. existential crisis. Uh, so I, I ended up kind of just putting it back on the shelf for a bit and um, ended up revisiting it a couple years later, which took me into uh, last year. And that was really yeah. when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to blow off the dust and I'm going to like really actually dig into this whole deconstruction thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it all got started for me. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I, ironically, I, I'm I'm still at a what what I tell people, and I really mean it. It's like the healthiest expression of an evangelical church. I would say, I'll just say the secret, like uh, behind closed doors. You know, our lead pastor is just like, dude, what what the definition of evangelical? I mean, that's that's just not me. People mm-hmm. know that. I mean this is how healthy of a culture we have. I've, I've straight up told my pastor, dude, I, I, I line up more with Rob Bell than I do with the, you know, traditional stuff that most of our people are engaged in. And he didn't bat an eye. And that's not wow. common for a big, big old mega church for sure. But yeah. ironically, the, my, my first step was that the COO at the time, the guy that managed all of Seacoast operations, mm-hmm we were talking about inerrancy and, and that, that was my big question there because I was just like, I, I read this book by FF Bruce called the Canon of scripture, mm-hmm. literally thinking at the, at, by the end, I was going to be like, so that's mm-hmm. why everything's supposed to be in there and we can trust <laughs> yeah. it. And I got to the end. I was like, what a ripoff. This is bullshit. <laughs> like you just told me the history of a bunch of people getting together and telling what's going to be, I was like so upset. And yeah. so I just, my, my big question was who is telling us to read the Bible like this? Yeah. Like who, who you, you tell me who's the authority because I don't see where Jesus is saying to read it this way. Right. I mean, I, you can insinuate from some of his words, but I was just like, who's telling us? And I couldn't get away from the fact that it was like tradition, like, yeah. like how you read the Bible, it was passed on from. So when I talked to him now, he, he definitely at, not at that point, but at this point, he reads it more conservatively than mm-hmm. I do. But mm-hmm. the beginning thing was, he was like, well, he says, I don't need the Bible to be perfect. He, he's just like, I mean, God's people aren't perfect. Like, creation isn't perfect. He's like, why would I need the Bible to be perfect? And he mm-hmm. went into some historical stuff that was inaccurate. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, he works here and he's <laughs> saying this stuff. And so that was the beginning. And then I would say the next big step for me is when on our my old podcast bad christian when mm-hmm. we interviewed chris date from rethinking hell yeah and i was introduced to the concept of annihilationism mm. which he gave a really good scriptural take for it to where it was way more of a plausible thing after hearing him yeah, than yeah. eternal conscious torment and that was a relief i was like oh my gosh so at the very least people are put out of their misery <laughs> and, and now now I'm at a, you know, my listeners know that I, I really, gosh, I just, I can't, I have to admit, I can't get away from, even with scripture, mm-hmm. I, I suspect that God wins us all. That's, yeah. that's just yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. And I Team, watched a documentary yeah. called Hellbound, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. I think it's like five years old, but I bought it on iTunes because I wanted to watch it over and over and take notes and everything. And I mean, it's one thing that we can't deny 
there is a bunch of scriptures that you can point to and say eternal conscious torment. There's a bunch of scriptures you can point to and say annihilationism. Mm-hmm. And there's just as many that you can point to and say universalism. Yep, yep. And when you when you think about the character of God, mm-hmm. and then when you recognize just how when Jesus talks about sheep and goats and stuff, you can't take it as like this literal mm-hmm. thing that's going to happen to everybody in the future. You're just like, wait a second. So God wants us to forgive our enemies, and He's not going to. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just yeah. Uh, it's just like a boom. Everything just just totally totally explodes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's so, some. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to no, say go there's ahead. some of those inconsistencies. I'm with you. Um, you know, where you look at Scripture and you see things like, well, we didn't have a choice to be an Adam. We didn't right. have a choice to inherit this quote unquote sin nature. Why should it be any different with us being included in the work of Christ? Like the the verse in 1 Corinthians, uh, you know, in in Adam all have died and in Christ all will be made alive. Like there's, I'm sure you've probably seen it, but you start to see this thread of all, 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 all in this inclusion, this language of inclusion. And it's like, it begins to turn everything upside down. I remember when I saw all those things begin to piece together for me. Uh, universal reconciliation did a better job at, at reconciling the nature of God expressed in Jesus with yeah. an eschatology that I felt like you didn't have to kind of grit your teeth and turn a blind eye and just kind of hope, oh gosh, I really hope that's not true, but I guess it's true kind of thing. And I think most people right. don't realize that there's there's another way. You know what I mean? We've yeah. just been spoon-fed this really strange uh, theology based off kind of a poor interpretation of the word, you know, the words for eternal, uh, you know, uh, and also uh, torment, you know, th- those right. two things. And it's obscure references. People want to cite, you know, Lazarus and um, the poor, or sorry, Lazarus is the poor man, but the rich man and Lazarus and, and you know, forget that it's a parable and Jesus isn't yeah. speaking literally. And you know, a lot of that even has to do with how we care for the poor and this this mandate for the here and now. And I think that a lot of times we try to insert or, or fit Jesus's words to be pointing to the afterlife when it's in, in reality, it's speaking of the kingdom here and now. And how, how does this affect right. our lives in, in the here and now? So, yeah, um, I think a yeah. lot of the things, too, that people accuse um, universal reconciliation of is itching ears. You know, like, oh, you just want to believe it because it's easy and, you know, it takes a lot of burden off of you. And it just, it's kind of frustrating and I just shake my head because what, like, what I now on this side of it view itching ears is, you know, hate like and, and division. Like, that is our, I don't want to say nature. I don't think that that's our sin nature right, or whatever. Right. But there's this, like natural pull toward division and hate and all of these things. And I feel like that's more like the religiosity is more of the itching ears than, you know, accepting all and loving your enemy and all of those things. And so, you know, I just got written off by one of my friends because she said I had itching ears for that reason. And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't. And I'm wrestling with that because it's like we're spoon fed this like God of judgment and, you know, this wrathful God that had to send his son to appease him himself. And that just doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, that is what we view as justice in this world, but I don't believe that that's, you know, actual justice. 
Right. I think reconciliation yeah. is actual justice. And it is, you know, itching our ears to think that we're the chosen one, this like weird supremacy that we have being the chosen ones of God, you know, of course you think you're special, you right. know, and you, and you preach this message and you feel on top and you, but didn't that exactly... rub you guys the wrong way oh, when yeah. y'all were in that? Like, <laughs> didn't that make you feel bad? I, I guess for some people it made them feel good. Did that make y'all feel good? I guess it, in a sense, honestly, it's when like you a think mind f- it, it is, there's, you know? well, it's the whole cognitive dissonance thing. You're like, yeah, well, I guess I'm, I'm glad that I'm elect. Like, yeah. Oh shit. That, well, I honestly, hope other people aren't. Yeah. You know? That was what it was for me though. Is like, you know, I was raised atheist. I turned uh, Christian, and I just realized after like a few years in the evangelical world, like, oh my gosh! Like, I looked around me, and all I had were Christian friends. All I right. I went to Bible this, that, whatever. I could not have a conversation without feeling like I needed to be a witness. Yeah, and I was oh, just yeah. like, I that's not love. Like. Right expecting somebody to change in a relationship, always having an ulterior motive for people is not love. You know, I couldn't relate to somebody in their pain because it was always an end goal. Like I couldn't just be with them, you right. know? And so that but then started you, my undoing. Yeah. But then you, I mean, I get that and I agree with you, but then it's also like, you can't shake this impulse of, but if hell is true, the most loving thing, like, it's like, I have to, you know, right. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. I couldn't get away from is, is, and, and I, when I first realized that universalism was a respected doctrine by many, many mm-hmm. Christians, even historically, historically, it yep. definitely itched my ears. Cause I was like, Whoa, I really like that. But now I'm at a place to where I, I feel like it. Out of the out of the three things I laid out, mm-hmm. sounds like the most probable to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I and I mean, I could go on and on and on about me this, too. but you know, I've I've told people before. I was like, look, if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. here's what I feel. I, I feel like I can keep on this path and and trust God because all I'm doing is being honest. All I'm doing is really believing what I really believe and praying and asking God to reveal to me. And God's bigger than my misguided faith mm-hmm. and my mistakes, and he can eventually get me right on, on the right path. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what he promised the Holy Spirit's for. And I'm and I'm begging him. I'm like, God, I don't want to lead people astray. Like, yeah. I want to know how things work, and mm-hmm. it's why, am, why would I doubt where I'm at right now? Yeah. I mean, you know, why would yeah. I? So I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Joey, but uh, for me, you know, a lot of people think like, well, you know, if you just believe universal reconciliation, you're not going to really care to share the gospel with anyone. I'm like, oh, I want to share the gospel with everyone yeah. now. Yeah. I'm like talking to oh, my, yeah. you know, my brother-in-law who's, you know, a an atheist or, you know, whoever it might be. Like, I just think it's fascinating. I'm like, look, you don't, there's nothing hanging over your head that's going to come down and chop your head off. Like, yeah. really in reality, there's, this is straight good news like through and through this isn't like a conditional it's good if you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. uh, the way that we've distorted what grace even is like i couldn't imagine giving my son a gift and being like all right well it's a gift but Mm -hmm. if you do something wrong i'm gonna i'm gonna take it away and i'm gonna beat you senselessly for for like not earning the gift like what you know what i mean so yeah yeah totally yeah, or I mean, it's it's just like this impulse of, or like, how crazy does this sound? It's you have so first of all, you have to figure out this crazy puzzle, like figure figure 
truth out, figure out what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do, who you're supposed to serve, no matter what kind of family you were brought up in, no matter what kind of religion, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you can all, I will only accept the passing grade if your physical body is alive. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> so it's like our physical body dies and then time's up. Sorry, no more chance for repentance. I mean, that just that's crazy talk. I yeah. mean, our bodies like that, they have to be alive. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay. It's true. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, too, it, like, it's just like the ethical nature of God. Like, if we believe that being ethical is something that we desire and so, like a God that I want to believe in, an ethical God and a God of justice, like, and, and this is something that, like, I keep on going back to, like, Okay, like evangelicals feel like they have to preach the gospel to the whole world. I get that. You know, I w- I used to be there. So what is ethical about Jesus having just died on the cross, resurrected, ascended to heaven? What about everybody that wasn't there for his ascension? Like all of the countries that did not see that. You know, the Aborigines in Australia, you know, all, like everybody during that time. Like what is ethical about not hearing the gospel when he had just ascended like that day what about those people that died just that day and those are questions that you like actually have to wrestle with and being like well you know some people will answer like oh well god could have come to them in a dream or you know this and that and that just like takes so much more work to justify than just being like no god just defeated sin and death period you know and that's when you really start taking apart like those kinds of questions and like asking those kinds of things like, okay, yeah. in the, in the century that we're in now and the time that we're in now, it makes sense. You know, like a lot of people have heard the gospel, the unreached people groups are like shrinking minute by minute. So it makes sense to have like, oh, well, you know, maybe Christ can show up to them in a dream. But back then when it wasn't like preached throughout the world yet so millions are just going to go or thousands are just going to go to hell because they hadn't had the opportunity. Right. That's just right. not ethical. Yeah. You yeah, know? totally. Totally. So. Yeah, and I think a huge I think a huge misconception and why why people like like the three of us get such a bad rep because people are some people like m- most of our listenership are kind of on the same journey but there's some people listening very respectfully saying what about God's word? Like, why, why are y'all just talking out of your asses right now? And it's oh, like, yeah. don't you realize that those of us that are on this journey are looking at the same words that you're looking at? Yeah. And we're studying them, we're studying them just like you. Said we won't make it out the hood. I guess that one true. I guess I'm living proof. I guess the chalk's on you. So when I make it to the top, alright, alright. I'm gonna take my brother. You are listening to a new single by a friend of this podcast, Derek Miner. And if you go to at PWNA, PWNA pod. Damn, Joey. On Instagram, there's a link to the feel-good video. I'm telling you, it's a feel-good. We all need feel-good stuff. And I also put a little link there for my favorite Derek Minor songs. Love this guy. Awesome song. All right, all right. You know what else at the throne? Oh, oh, we out there living our dreams. Uh, Shining like ultra light beam. I get it, then I bust it down with the team. Uh, I 
gotta go out and get it. I'm talking all of our riches. Then we gon' turn it to business. Then we gon' give it to children. Every dollar I made, I made with my homies. Times I had to make a couple bands by my lonely. And, and, and a legit question that I have for God is, why does it have to be so hard? Yeah. Like, I mean, because at face value, it does seem, you know, the what you and what the three of us were brought up in, uh, we weren't stupid. Yeah, it, it was kind of a legit thing to okay. Well, that's what Scripture says, and and all that stuff. And that that's one thing I want to ask you guys. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to sound condescending. I'm I'm a lot older than y'all, but I I, I really respect what y'all are doing and everything. Mm-hmm. But I am going to kind of go big brother a little bit, and I want y'all to be honest with me. Like, are you guys? Do y'all find yourself patient with fundamentalists, or do you get caught up in this snobby, love everyone except for the fundamentalist bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll take on that question first, because I will be the first to admit that I have like very little patience for fundamentalists. And, you know, like I've had a lot of like burn from them. Um, And so for me personally, it's kind of like, I'm wrapping my arms around the people who have been hurt by fundamental Christians and I have not found it within myself yet to have grace for them. That makes sense. Um, but it is something like I'm, I'm in therapy right now working through a lot of, you know, attachment Me behaviors that it's the Me best. Too. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Um, I was actually just on a call this morning and we were talking a lot about like attachment styles and, you know, for me, I have, and avoid an attachment. I was raised by a narcissist, so I had to protect myself in a lot of ways. And so um, it's really easy for me to detach myself from people that need love when I feel like I'm being attacked, you know? So I'm working on that and I'm really excited to be working on that. And the more and more I do though, the more I find, you know, Derek posted his status the other day about dualism. And I've just been really thinking through that, like, you know, fundamentalists aren't bad. I don't agree with what they believe in, but it's not black and white. They're not good or bad people. And I think that that is just like the biggest lie that a lot of people are struggling with right now is good versus bad. It's like there's so much gray in God. There's so much gray in theology and there's so much gray in people who believe in toxic theology. And so I am just coming to this place where it's like, not that like, oh, I feel bad for them, but like genuinely they believe in a God that like will send us to eternal torment and they're just doing what they know how to do and what they've been taught. And they probably have some really serious attachment behavior problems and, you know, like a lot of things that they can't reconcile in their mind because the church does not give that skill. The church does not give boundaries. The church does not give us freedom to explore emotions yeah. in a healthy way without yeah. fear of walking away. And so there's just this like manipulation and control a lot of the times. And then what you see is what you do. Mm-hmm. And so fundamental Christians, like I am just not in a place where I can personally subject myself to a lot of that right now because I am not a healthy enough person. I, I hope to get there. I'm really, really working hard. Um, to be able to guard myself enough from feeling a deep burn. So yeah. until I can subject myself to not feel that deep burn, I don't feel comfortable. So just right now, like I'm just not associating with them. Like, For sure. you know, I love well, you, them. You just, mm-hmm. you just, I'm sorry. You just nailed the, the need for non-dualistic thought because <laughs> I could, I could easily be like, man, we should all just, you know, be, be loving and kind. And you're saying, 
there's times where that's not healthy for me. And I love what you said as far as embracing people that have been hurt. And that's, that's a stipulation that I always make for myself is when I talk this grace and love towards fundamentalists, like I'm not talking to people who have been scarred in ways that I cannot imagine. Right. Like there was this, there was this guy heckling me on Twitter and I finally was just like, dude, can we just talk? And he's telling me that he was gay in his church and they literally tried to drown the demons out of him. They would just dunk them oh in the gosh. water and hold them for a while and lift them up. And, and, and I was just like, holy shit, man. I, I, I don't so have any words for that. You know? So I'll let Derek talk in a, pro- in a second, I promise. But this is another <laughs> thing that I've been processing Submit to too. Me. Okay. Is, you know, yeah. I was talking to one of my amazing professors who has his PhD in biblical studies. And I was just like bawling my eyes out to him. And I said, I don't want to evangelize. Am I like wrong for not wanting to spread this message that like even the name of Christian can be so triggering for a lot of people. So I'm using more like I've landed in a Trinitarian faith because I feel like that kind of disarms, you know, people a little bit, not because I don't want them to know I'm a Christian, but the very term of Christian, I don't associate with a lot of you what that means contextually. Like, yeah, yeah, culturally, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, and so what I was talking through is just, I, and the reason why like universal reconciliation has been so vital and, and, you know, moving forward for me is, and, and moving forward in what we're doing is I genuinely believe that because of the religious abuse and the church trauma that's going on in our modern church, that people just don't have the chance to know God because what they've been taught is not God. What they've been taught is like this religious, cultural, something that's totally not even close to who God is. Yeah, it's like they they walk away from what the three of us would would have walked away from as well and what we did walk away from. Yeah, so so put put the mean spirited, hateful, like truly evil fundamentalist to the side here. And (laughs) I want to be careful not to sound condescending, like all progressive notions are, are right and smarter Mm -hmm. because I, Mm -hmm. I actually believe for someone like my brother who sees things a little more conservatively, like I was telling him the other day, I think there just may be a chance that God is so big and some of the ways that my brother sees things, I would mm-hmm. say there's a lot of right things about maybe some more conservative looks at aspects of theology. I mean, obviously yeah. him and I are going to differ on some things, but not only that, why isn't God so big and magnificent? And I'm not saying, I'm not denying, I think there, I personally do think there's an absolute truth. I don't think that yeah. we really can like have eyes to see it, but right. I believe that a lot of the ways that my brother approaches things and sees things, there's a lot of truth to it. Mm-hmm. And I, but God knows that I need to be on a different journey, right? Like a to, like mm-hmm. I can't see things that way anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that, that honesty, Rachel, were you going to say something, Derek? Yeah. Yeah. No, <clears throat> I was going to, to make mention of, William Paul Young, who is Love just, that guy. oh man, actually speaking of, uh, your former podcast, his, his interview that he did with you guys at that time was actually one of the, uh, I guess impetus as well that, that really got me started on the whole journey of deconstruction. Uh, I remember hearing him talk about, you know, colloquially at least, uh, talk about the atonement and, basically, you know, just blow my mind with ideas like, cause 
I'd only ever heard PSA, you know? And so here, anyway, without going down that rabbit trail, what I was going to say is he talks about how in our journeys spiritually, God's not going to take us from A to X or whatever, like just in a big jump. So he's going to take us from A to B to C to D to E, and it's going to be one step at a time. And so why I bring that up is because when you were saying how, you know, for your your brother, for example, he, he may have the ability to discern and see things and understand things through the lens that he has right now. Yeah. And like, I have a lot of good friends that are still evangelicals that I love and care about. And, you know, I genuinely believe that like you were saying, the, the bigness of God is so expansive that he's able to genuinely be so relational with each individual in a way that they need. It bothers, like, here. here's how I like, and I'm not talking at all, um, Rachel, about you and what you just shared, but mm-hmm. for people when they are condescending towards more conservative thought to For me, it would be no different than a second grader who just learned addition and subtraction making fun of a a kindergartner (laughs) because they don't know addition and subtraction. It's just like, Mm -hmm. well, just two years ago, you were a kindergarten. You were just taught this stuff. Why are you making fun of the kid kid in K, you know? I I like um, John Mark McMillan's a friend of mine, and uh, I feel like I name drop him all the time, but we're seriously friends, okay? (laughs) We're friends, I promise. Guess FaceTime and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He said, uh, people mock fundamentalism, and it's something that's really precious to fundamentalists. And I was like, wow, that's that's so true. And again, I'm not talking about the super unhealthy ramifications Mm -hmm. of, of all that stuff, but yeah. Just uh, and I, I'll 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 say this, and I think that you said it too, Rachel. Is I I do think that there is a is a season for everything, and I think what you're good. You mind if I say this kind of stuff? I mean, you can easily just say well, that's bullshit. I don't care what you think. <laughs> but I but I I do think that what you're going through is a very healthy season that has its place. And I, I would even be careful to say it's something that I have to, I know I have to get over or get through because I, th- I think just let it, let it run its course. But mm. I do believe obviously God would want you to be at a much more peaceful place mm. where it didn't strike anger and it didn't, you know, that, that would yeah. be my, my guess for sure. I mean, there's part of that that I agree with for sure. But I think also Um, there's a lot of injustice in the church that I hope to always be angry at. And I I know that you weren't communicating that, but I hope that I never mm, take a backseat and never, and, uh, come to a place. I hope that my healing exalts me forward into being healthy for both seeing the side, not the side of the oppressor necessarily of dismissing it, but, um, being in a healthier place to be able to have harder conversations. Um, sure. But also using where I am now and using that as a catapult to, is that the right word? Catapult or mm-hmm. catalyst yeah. or, sure. I don't know. Maybe both catalyst. Of them. They yeah. both work. We get it. <laughs> catapult. <laughs> Fly forward. Um, you know, to, to be with people in their pain because I, not that I, I hope that this painful time in my life has a purpose, you know? And, yeah. But uh, a post that we made very early on when we had like a hundred followers that were yeah. all of our friends, <laughs> you know, I was going through like the rules kind of of our Instagram, which we've not really strayed from, but kind of stayed with, but that was 
very different before our Instagram turned into something else. But um, one of the posts that we made, I think it was like the third post was, um, it's okay to not agree. It's okay to disagree. And I feel like, or, and, and it's okay to not be right. Mm-hmm. That was another one. Um, and I feel like we've really lost the art in disagreeing without taking so it personally. Um, and I know everybody says that, but there's still a side of us that even when we disagree, we walk away like, oh, well, I still got my point in. And I, the more that I go through this process and the more I talk to people who I like really don't agree with, I just try and like remember that my goal is not to be heard, but my goal is to just like connect regardless Mm -hmm. of what we're talking about. It's all just about connection. Um, and, and, and that's another thing that's really hard is, you know, everybody thinks they're right or they wouldn't have that opinion Mm -hmm. or they wouldn't have that belief. So going into a conversation, you already know that that person thinks that they're right, you know? And so like coming to this place where like, we're just taking our best guess at the, at theology and the mystery of God and to come into it thinking that we have it all figured out is just kind of ignorant. You know, on both sides, on the progressive side, on the fundamental side, and or on another side, you know, and to just come into a conversation like we we all know the term, the Bible is clear. This is what it is. Like, Bible clearly says. It's not. Like, and I think that's (laughs) so much fun. Like, to say that it's clear just like strips the fun about getting to know God and different theology. And it, it just. And what they're saying is they're, they're saying my translation of it is clear. Yep. Which means nothing. Yep. Yep. And so I just like, I wonder what would happen if we just like held on to like the actual fundamental, which is like God is love period. Mm -hmm. And like, what would happen if that was it, you know, Uh, be wonderful. It would be so crazy if we could just be like, yeah, but what about this side of the heart of God? And what about this side of the heart of God? And call it a grace gospel. That's fine. But like, it, right. it is the God of love, you know? So yeah. I just, I think about that a lot. If we all just admitted that we were totally wrong and we're taking our best guess at this like well, ancient book. I think we're asking the wrong question. Like we've become so obsessed and post-enlightenment Western thinking about right and wrong, you know, that we don't have the the kind of, right, the dualism, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's removing the Eastern mystery, you know, Eastern thought was not so much concerned about it. And the little that I know, and what I've heard, even from people like Rob Bell's, like, you know, like many ancient rabbinic sort of styles of understanding interpretation and and the way that they approach the scriptures was not so much of what says it and this is the one interpretation and this is the exact way that you look at it's no it hey bring your your perspective and let's argue let's have conversation let's debate and it was uh rob bell actually brought up this uh on an interview one time he was talking about how this one particular uh, author who's a rabbinic teacher was saying how, you know, he dissected this one passage and the entire book was coming to 12 different conclusions throughout the entire book on the same passage. So it's like, it's not about having the one singular understanding, but it's like a, a diamond where each angle that you look at it, you see a new reflection. And what's, what's even crazy about what you said too, it's, it's like for all the Christians that say, you know, the, the Bible is clear, the Bible's right. 
they're broken up into a bunch of denominations that have completely different yeah. doctrines of the Bible that they say that's clear. They're all saying it's clear, and they all have a different take on it. It's, it's crazy. All right, well, let, let's, let's get to how in the hell did you guys take a hundred of your friends and blow up into a 14,000 followed Instagram account. <laughs> I, so I want to say that what y'all, I, I, I mean this, what y'all are doing is brilliant. It, it feels, when you go on your Insta- Instagram account, it feels like what I think you're wanting it to feel like. And it's like a safe home for people that are deconstructing and are scared. And it's like, holy shit, you guys are laying things out in such a creative, artistic way. So I, from the bottom of my heart, hats off, like, well, well thank done. You. Thank you. And, and I, you know, I, I am really curious, were you guys surprised that it just took off? Like as far from, from a social media perspective <laughs> yes. so quickly. Now I, yeah. I wasn't following it at the early stages, actually, uh, a, a woman, Rachel McKnight, she she kind of assists me with a lot of stuff, and, mm-hmm. and she actually told me about you guys and said maybe it would be a fun interview. <clears throat> so she's the one that told me that it just kind of it seemed like it blew up overnight. So tell tell me about that. Yeah, honestly, it really did, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it was actually if I can, I mean, since we're being honest, um, it was really hard for me, like because I, you know, going through therapy and a lot, like I still deal with a lot of imposter syndrome. And so, like, I'm in the middle of figuring a lot of stuff out myself. And so, like, this Instagram, we started because it was like, oh, well, a lot of people are asking us about deconstruction and we're making these, like, bold Facebook posts and getting into a lot of these discussions. And so we made it out of, like, wanting to give clarity to our friendships and just kind of like, I don't know, our, mm-hmm. we never had a goal. Um, and so we created that post on church trauma Um, and it's funny, like we literally made it like almost like bickering because we were like, (laughs) we just got to like put this out there, you know, it's like, no, babe, it's got to say this, this way. It's like, I'm so over this. Can we post it? You know, we have like 300 people at this point. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're, it's going to get 40 likes and we'll just move what on. What month is this around? Know? What, what so month this is this? So this was the end July. of July. Okay. Was it the end of July? Um, it was, yeah, it was the end of July. And so we like posted it and then like literally within a week we had over 10,000 followers. Um, from, from that? From that post. Basically. Wow. Mm-hmm. And wow. so... And- so I guess that was your friends sharing it and telling people, hey, check this out. I don't and... know. We, well, like... we we used like hashtags too, and which like I knew nothing about. I knew yeah. it was like, oh, that's something that you're supposed to do. And so I think that helped, you know, some people who follow hashtags like end up, oh. Yeah. I, but like I'll we weren't post, a big Instagram. No, no. <laughs> yeah. We were like really little. Um, and so it just, I think it just really struck a chord and just like showed us. Yeah. Like what seems so obvious mm-hmm. you know and like it's different like from me coming from an atheist background and then getting in this culture that i had no idea about and being like because mm, just for like a background i've been in therapy like my whole life so yeah um i wish i wish that i could say the same honestly because <laughs> I, I i don't know how i lived without it yeah mm-hmm. it really is yeah. a huge lifeline i took a few years off um but since coming back i was like how did i ever not right you know, stay consistent yeah. with it. But, um, I started like in fourth grade and I, you know, finished up when I was 20 and I, I just went back this year. I'm 28. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been very thankful to have that side of like, 
mental health a lot in my life, that theme. So when I got saved into Christianity or converted to Christianity, it just, um, things just didn't seem right for me ever. And I always struggled and I was like, this just doesn't, you know? And so when it was very natural for me, I think I was always meant to deconstruct. <laughs> um, but when our post blew up, it just, it, we were shocked because we had such a small pool of people and it reached what, like, 150,000 people on Instagram and yeah. also like someone ended up taking it and sharing it on Facebook. We didn't have a Facebook page at the time and I think it's been shared well over 20,000 times on Facebook yeah. too. So, just you know crazy. What? Just, I mean, it, yeah. But and it and wasn't... strictly from like the place of, I mean, kind of like what Rachel was saying, we, we did it from a place of really trying to take what we've observed, what we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And both of us haven't really gone through any crazy crazy traumatic experiences with the with okay anyway i have diagnosed well, ptsd well, I mean, from something that happened so uh, overall yes i mean <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that there is she's gonna have a talk with you after this episode i'm sure i I, I, I love being publicly corrected on on a podcast <laughs> anyway um what i was trying to say is that there have been people who have gone through the these i mean we've, we've received stories of people who have gone through like you were saying i mean not to the quite to the extent of what you talked about with the baptismal but i mean things that just broke our hearts and, and what we were beginning to see is that so many people needed to hear that they're not alone and that mm -hmm. these thoughts that they've had in the back of their head and these things that they've observed that they haven't had language for you know people sharing like i've been in tears reading this i feel like for the first time i could express things that i've felt for so long or mm -hmm. i use this and shared it with my therapist because you know i want to I want to unpack this. I want to, yeah. you know, this, this helped bring so many things full circle for, I mean, just, it, it really, it made us realize how much of an important conversation this really is sure. that we were not expecting yeah. to facilitate at all. Or were we prepared for? <laughs> yeah. Right. But we, right. you know, and, and having it for like these few months and like, honestly processing it a lot in therapy mm -hmm. for me, um, it's become it's become more of a joy, you know, right. at first it was very overwhelming. I don't think I was ready. I think he's more prepared for stuff like this, but for me, it's like, you know, as I said, imposter syndrome, like you feel broken. So like, what, what could you offer, you know? And right. I, but I also think that that's another lie that the, that the Christian faith kind of like breeds as well. Um, and just like insecurity in general, um, that you have to be like perfect and without flaw to be able to be useful, you know? And I think that that was something that I really struggled with in evangelical Christianity is I always felt like I wasn't, I wasn't ever there. I wasn't ever good enough um, because I just wanted God to use me. I just wanted to be used by God, you know? And anything, any fleshly desire or thing that I had in me, like meant that I was failing, you know? And I'm a seven, an Enneagram seven. So for me, it was like, I just was constantly running from my pain, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when I sat in it and I just felt totally broken, like the, the event that eventually led to my PTSD, um, when that happened, it just, I couldn't run. And so finally I just like ran from God, you yeah. know? Um, don't you, don't you realize Rachel, how, how you describe yourself is the exact person that God wants to use? Like you described yourself as, as broken, 
not feeling like you, you know, imposter. That's who God wants to use. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the exact person that, and, and it's interesting too. And I think this is, this is a perfect example of how maybe people like us that are kind of like more progressive, we don't really think this anymore, but let's, mm-hmm. uh, this is where I think I should go back to my roots and say, what if God intended for your Instagram to blow up, blow up and he did it? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking retweets and, or, you know, people sharing it and friends sharing mm-hmm. it, or God was like, I want more people to read this. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, how about that? Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny. Like even this morning, like doing the dishes, I like just stopped and I was like, it's so funny because when my fundamental friends, you know, have disassociated from us because now we're like false teachers, I guess. Right. Um, right. It's so funny because it's all I see Jesus doing is like, well, not all I see him doing, but the majority of what I see him doing is like relating to people and their pain and he like no pressure, you know, and I want to be that. And I don't want there to be pressure on our end of like, you need to change or you need to move on from your pain to get to this goal. It's like, just sit for a little while and don't like feel that you need to move on, Mm. you know, because the, when you feel you need to move on, it just immediately like, I'm not good enough. I have to get out of this space. Like, what if you just like, let yourself be and just let yourself grieve and like, take that moment and like, no, you're not going to be here forever. But like, if you're there for a few years, like let yourself, like, to go through everything that the church puts a lot of people through, like it's a total mind f- that you just have to like grieve. And I feel like yep. when a lot of evangelical Christians come on our page, it's like, I'm sorry the church did this, but like God is greater, you know? And it's like, ah, yeah. like, but that's right. the message they've been receiving their whole life. And obviously it's not working, yeah. you know? Right. So like, just take a moment, take a breath. And that's what we want our page to be. Like, I hope that people don't, stay there forever you know like I want them to have it be useful in a time where they feel they need a voice to be heard but you know I hope that people find their healing one day wherever that leads them you know um it is there in y'all's what we can end this here like is there a what you eventually want this to 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 be like uh, is 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 the goal to continue to have like this this place for people and just how how you've described it and how it it is well communicated on there or are you guys thinking other plans of what you can do with it or or what's going on in y'all's heads yeah and y'all don't have to share that um, if you don't no to. totally i i think that we're constantly evaluating what this all looks like um i think you know we love having opportunities to come on podcasts and do things like that. We're actually uh, in the process of launching our own YouTube channel. Um, and so we're, we're hoping to get that up and running pretty soon, but that's one thing in the immediate future. And then other, other than that, I mean, ideally, like we, we do want to be a voice that brings, I know this word carries connotations. I still like it. Like in a sense, reforma- reformation within the church, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people, I think, accuse us of us hating the church or, or not loving. The, like, I love I love the church. I mean, I, we still belong to a church. Um, and the reality is that we just aren't going to let bullshit continue to, to fester and, and cause people to suffer unnecessarily at the hands of it. 
And so, yeah, we, we want to call out toxic theology. Yeah, we want to, you know, point out the, the narcissistic leadership that's affecting people. We, we want to, you know, point people in a, in, a, in a better and healthier way and what we believe church should look like and, and what, you know, a healthier expression of, you know, um, you know, a relationship with God looks like. So for us, I mean, it's, it's a constant reevaluation. I think eventually, you know, post COVID God willing one day here soon, you know, we'd love to meet up with people in person. Um, anyway, yeah, no, uh, in person getting together with other people. I mean, this is something that I talked to Rachel about and we'll see what happens, but you know, I think a lot of people feel afraid to be a part of church. Um, they don't want to step back into the four walls of the church and would love to create like just really laid back gatherings where people can come and share their story and, you know, just meet other like-minded folks who have deconstructed and just need to have a real life friend. And yeah, maybe we go to different cities or whatever. I don't know. This is literally just... Yeah. Sure. Talking about I mean, that's but... also like deconstructing the term, like go and make disciples, you know, like go in the way of love. And that right. is just like kind of where we are is just like, whatever that looks like in the future, like we just want to go in the way of love, mm-hmm. like without agenda, you know. Um, and I hope that we meet like a lot of cool people along the way. And I yeah. hope that we inspire people to do their own thing, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I really feel like not us, but like the people, you know, like... I don't want to like name drop anybody, but like the people who have started the deconstruction conversations in the past, like we're just another like spoke in that wheel that we just like mm-hmm. hope keeps on like rolling downhill quicker and quicker and quicker for this like new like reformation to come that like people are like groaning for it. Like the earth is literally groaning, like we're on fire, you know, and we have like, I, I don't know. I'm like really freaking out about like the climate right now and i just feel like the church is that's another thing that we have to do kind of i i got off track but um you know i think about like the importance of the reformation even for our climate because we just believe that jesus is going to come back and save us so we're not taking responsibility for a lot of things you know and in part with this deconstruction thing we hope that we can help bring awareness to issues that are actually so vitally important that you are know. taboo and usually yeah. just kind of swept under the rug. Well, yeah, because of like revelation, everything's just revelation. And that's just not, right. <laughs> not going to work anymore. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. All right. You All right. Know. Oh, Rachel and Derek, it was a pleasure. Good talking yeah. to y'all. Thank y'all for, for yeah. sharing what you're sharing and also stopping in here and sharing it with our listeners. And we'll have in the show notes just where, I mean, it's probably pretty obvious. I think people can Google it, but we'll make it, we'll make it real good and easy for them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, Joey. Thank you so yeah. much. It's been a blast. We appreciate yep. it. Yo, there's a phone number in our show notes. Feel free to give us a call. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, feedback, pushback, hate mail, whatever. Give us a ring, leave a message. We may even read it on the show. I also want to tell you in two days, we are dropping episode two of My Major Depressive Disorder. Basically, my wife and I are telling our story of our five-month journey last year, walking through the pits of depression, how it almost costed my life. And my dad is joining us in two days. My dad really took care of me, took me from point A to point B, 
was was there for me in very time-consuming ways very thankful to him and he obviously has a unique perspective given that he probably spent the most time with me during the darkest days catch you guys in two days